How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, I'm talking about some of the potential players that might be available for when the Bills draft in this upcoming draft in April. Then, I'll be talking about the Sabres and their playoff chances. And then, finally, I'll be talking about some UB basketball, where they kind of stand right now and their chances of potentially winning the MAC tournament and getting into the NCAA tournament. So, starting off with the Sabres, um, playoff chances, ha, that's a good one. Um, in case you don't know, the Sabres are well, well out of the playoff picture now. Um, team continues to be the laughing stock of the NHL. Um, since they made a few trades at the trade deadline, when they thought, oh, maybe we're still in it, we're only six points out. Um, they haven't won a game since. They went on the road trip, four road games, and laid a goose egg, got zero points. Um, Wayne Simmons brings a little bit more of a physical presence to the lineup. Uh, Dominic Cahoon hasn't been too bad. Uh, scored on his first shift as a Sabre, but um, probably going to be in the, on the team going forward. But um, nothing to really get super excited about. It's not like he's just going to plug in and be a top six guy for... Sabers and he's going to be a savior or anything. Um, just looking at what the Sabers got to do. Um, it's time. Botterill's got to go. Um, there's just no other way around it. We can't just keep, you know, firing the coach year after year and blaming the coach. Um, at what point is it going to be like the GM's fault or like the owner's fault? I know. A good chunk of the thing goes on the players themselves, like they're the ones playing the game. But when you bring back the same players year after year after year and expect a different result, that goes on the GM and the owner. Like, I just don't know any other way around it. I mean, you keep bringing back the same garbage players to surround Eichel, and you're wasting away his prime of a kid that's a superstar in the NHL and is probably the best chance of ever bringing this city a Stanley Cup and you're just wasting it away. When Jack Eichel joined the Sabres in 2015, Zemgis Gergensens, Johan Larson, Zach Bogosian, Jake McCabe, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Linus Allmark were all on the team. And I included Bogo because he was on this team this year, at least start the year. I know he's not Tampa now, but... And then 16-17, Rodriguez and Ocposo. So you've had all these guys on the Sabres since the 2016-17 season. And we haven't even sniffed the playoffs because you keep bringing back the same players year after year. And they're scrubs. You don't just you don't need to bring back Larson, Gergensen, Oposo, McCabe, Ristolainen. You don't need to bring back every single one of them. Sure, bring back one or two of them. The only players you should be bringing back of those players is Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen probably. You overpaid for Oposo. I know that was Tim Murray and not you, but do something. Have him restructure his contract. Try to trade him. Maybe wave him. Do whatever. He shouldn't be on this team. Next year, I don't even know what I'll do if I have to watch Larson, Oposo, and Gergensen's on the fourth line again. And I know they do their job and they haven't been a bad line this year. 
But again, you can't keep bringing back these players and expecting the same thing of getting to a playoff spot. It's not going to happen. They're not good. If you had to bring back one of them, it would be Gergensen's. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Jason, let's play meaningful games in March. You're playing zero meaningful games in March this year. Zero. You traded for Wayne Simmons from the New Jersey Devils, and they're about to pass you in the standings. You messed up having a, a bridge deal with Reinhardt. You should have just paid him long-term when you could have, because not only would it be cheaper because he's been playing at a higher level now, but... He, would, he has zero reason to want to re-sign here besides if he wants to play with Jack because that's his best friend. Like, why would Sam Reinhart want to re-sign here when he can go to pretty much any other team in the NHL and end up having a better career? And not only that, because you messed up doing a bridge deal with him, now you probably are going to have to overpay him a little bit because you, you want to let him just walk out the door and get nothing? The odds of you being able to trade him are so unlike because every other GM knows that you're a clown and is going to rob you in the trade. And if a team does decide to pull an unlikely card and offer she him because he's restricted, well, this team has shown zero capacity of drafting well, especially Botterill, like all his picks that he's done, like what have they done for us? I mean, Darlene was pretty much a no-brainer, but he still had his up and downs, even though we know he's going to be um, a young superstar in this league um, for years to come on the defensive end. But Middlestat, like, Middlestat's awful. He hasn't done anything. He's in Rochester right now because you rushed him up here last year, and then going into this year, he was terrible, and now you have to bring him back down? Like, that's just a bad look. Like, I just don't get it. Um, like I said, you can't just keep blaming the coach. First, it was Bilesma's fault. Then it was Housley's fault. Like, yeah, I know Kruger hasn't been great all year, but I like I think he's a decent coach. Um, a lot of being a decent coach is saying all the right things. He says a lot of the right things. The only thing I think Kruger gets blasted on is his... Um, willingness to change up the lines when clearly they're not working. I think most fans, if they could have done anything different this year, it would have been putting 53 with 9 for the entire year and maybe Jeff Skinner sitting at 30 goals right now. Um, You know, it's been rumored that Kruger is going to eventually step up and do a bigger role. Who knows? But it's just, it's mind-boggling because we brought this guy in here thinking that he was just going to kind of do what he did with the Penguins, or at least have the competence to. I mean, you saw, like, being a part of an organization, you think you can carry some of that over. Um, and I just love the... If you haven't listened to um, Lockdown Sabres podcast with Jordan Hanskin and Joe DiBiase, um, they do an awesome job. And, you know, just list, I go through and listen to a lot of their podcasts and other Buffalo's podcasts just to get some of their insights and they brought up such a great point or two great points that I thought were just super interesting and I didn't really think about it that much um, until I heard them say it but you look at what Pittsburgh does you have Crosby, Malkin and Chris Letang and all they did during their Stanley Cup years 
was rotate the pieces around them consistently and allowed some of their younger players to grow. But the guys like Sheary and them, like we we got Sheary from Pittsburgh, but that was a guy that Pittsburgh was willing to move on for because they just rotate those guys in. They had Jerome McGinley in there at one point. You know, you had Sheary. Uh, you got just all these different guys, just veterans that they're bringing in, younger guys they're swapping out and whatnot. And, like, that's what they should have been doing with Buffalo. Like, you had Jack Eichel, or you have Jack Eichel, you had Ryan O'Reilly, and now you have Darlene. But, no, you trade away O'Reilly and get robbed. You have Eichel now and Darlene, but you're wasting both their careers because you keep bringing back the same terrible players instead of surrounding them with good ones. Yeah, Jeff Skinner, Sam Reinhardt, and Olsen, they're all great. We don't even play Jeff with Jack. Olsen, Eichel, Reinhardt line, despite their cold overness over the past like five games, so it's been the best line all year, continuously produces. And then you have Marcus Johansson, who's really a winger, and he's playing your second line center because Casey Middlestat isn't ready. And now you're hoping that Dylan Cousins is going to be the savior. And I actually genuinely like Dylan Cousins. I think he's going to be great. But we don't know that for a fact. And I believe it was Jordan Hanskin who pointed out on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And I didn't even know this. But he did trades with the Devils and the Penguins. Obviously he came from the Penguins organization. But the guy he made the trade with for with the Devils was also a friend of his from Pittsburgh. That's embarrassing. The fact that you're only able to trade with former or current Penguins like ownership or people that are part of that organization shows that you're gun shy when it comes to trades. It makes you look weak. Yeah, you screwed up on the O'Reilly deal. Big deal. Get over it. It's done. You have to move past it. Right now, you're being a terrible GM because... Now you you know you're on the hot seat, so you're starting to make moves that are for you to try to save your job and buy you time instead of the long-term part of the organization. I know that's a hard thing to do. Like I'm sure if I was in that position, I might probably do the same thing, but good God. I mean, and then you can look at the owners. Like, what are you guys doing? Terry, Kim? It's about time. Like, we're not asking you to be Jerry Jones out here. But we're asking you, when this team sucks, you got to come out in front of the media and your fans and address the situation. Stop just sitting around and doing nothing. Or, like, I'm glad you're doing good stuff with the Bills and you're putting your money into downtown Buffalo and that's all well and good. But you do nothing for the fans. Why is it that we have to go on Twitter every day and see the Vancouver Canucks wearing their awesome throwback jerseys? Why couldn't we wear any of our throwback jerseys during our 50th season? You have misspelled names of some of the greatest players ever to put on a Sabres sweater, and you don't address it. You're raising team ticket price next year, but this team sucks. You need to renovate the arena. The seats suck. Like, the food's terrible. The price is there, like, I don't remember who it was on Twitter that I saw one of the Sabres reporters, or someone that does reporting for the Sabres, you know, they tweeted, when you win games, all that stuff goes out the window, and it's so true. If the Sabres were in the playoffs right now, or in the playoff running, no one would care about a misspelled jersey, or maybe the price of 
pizza and popcorn at your game or beer or how crummy the arena looks sometimes. But no, the team's so bad. That's the only thing your job is as owners to do because if the on-the-ice product is garbage, then you have to make sure the -the off-the-ice stuff is good. And they haven't done that. It's alarming. Like, you just need to come out and address the fans. So, for me, next year, like, don't get rid of Kruger. You already signed him to a five-year deal anyway. There's no use of just paying him all that money for the next four years not being here. At least keep him around for another year or two. Make him into a part GM, hockey operations, coach role, or just take him out as coach and bring in... You know, the guy they fired from Vegas, I know he's um, in the running potentially to be the Seattle coach. Or keep Kruger there, bring in a good hockey operations guy and bring in a GM. And it's not like the Sabres GM job wouldn't be, like, attractive. Like, I think a lot of people think, oh my god, the Sabres suck, why would anyone want that job? Well, if you look at what you have next year going for you... You have Eichel, you have Skinner, you have Hokiaru, you have Darlene, and you have the chance to bring back Olipson on a cheap deal and bring back Reinhardt. Well, there's six great players right there. And then the rest, whatever. GM, here you go. We have like $40 million in cap. Go to work. Like, a lot of GMs don't have that flexibility right off the bat. Like, you're basically saying, here's the six best players that we have in this organization, all very talented. One or two of them are superstars. The other one are great top-tier players, Olofsson, Skinner, and da- or Reinhardt. Olofsson still super young. Uh, Darlene and Eichel. Eichel's already a superstar. Darlene's going to be going to be one. The rest is on you. You can get rid of Oposo if you want. You can get rid of Johansson. He's on a cheap contract. If you want to cut him, trade him, do whatever. Um... Don't bring, like, Bogosian's gone. That cap hit's gone. Larson, Gergensen's, all those VC. Those guys aren't here anymore. Like, bring in new guys, revamp your second and third lines, and then you have a guy in Dylan Cousins coming in, and bam, look at that. You're a potential playoff team next year. None of this waiting five to six years. You know, everyone always talks about the tank and how long it, like, the tank worked. Like, I understand we didn't get McDavid, but imagine what this team would be like if we never got Jack Eichel. Oh my goodness. So, keep Kruger, get rid of Botterill. Pagulas need to address the fans, get everything together, and next year this team needs to make the playoffs or else Jack Eichel is going to say, see ya, going to Boston, and in two more years when... Jack Eichel's winning playoff MVP and hoisting the cup for Boston. Everyone in Buffalo and the city of Buffalo is going to be crying because you just let a superstar walk out and force his way out. And I know Ryan O'Reilly did that, but Jack Eichel, that's just such a completely different story. All right. Um, sorry about going on these Sabres rants, guys. I just get too fired up sometimes. Just... Very annoying, and uh, I just want the Sabres to be good so bad. Have two Buffalo teams winning would be such a great thing that I've never really experienced in a lifetime so far. So, just hoping for the best here. 
hopefully they can try to, you know, maybe finish the year out strong, better record in March than they have the past few years. Um, hopefully Eichel playing through his injury isn't too bad, but, you know, we'll see. But let's talk about the uh, good Buffalo team right now, the Buffalo Bills draft coming up um, in April. You know, um, I'm just going to go through six guys I think Bills fans are going to want to keep an eye on now that the combine is over. Um, I think it's pretty evident that the Bills are going to go wide receiver or defensive end in the first round. They need to add another wide receiver to help out Josh Allen going into his third and very important year. However, we could also use the defensive end. Um, you know, Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes are both getting up there in age. There's been a lot of talk about cutting Trent Murphy to save some cap space. He really hasn't produced like they've wanted him to. Um, get a nice young defensive end to pair along with Ed Oliver. Hughes on the other side. Harrison Phillips. Um, I'm still really hoping they go after Yannick and Gakwe, whether it be a free agency or a trade. Um, but just going through like Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, a lot of draft sites and whatnot, and just looking at a lot of mock drafts. Um, for the receiver position, the three wide receivers that have come up um, the most for the Bills has been T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson, Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU, and Henry Ruggs III, the wide receiver for Alabama. Um, of those three, I definitely think that Henry Ruggs is the most talented. However, I think he's going to go a lot earlier in the round than when the Bills pick at 22. So I think if they want him, they will have to trade up. Um, they did meet with him at the Combine. Um, T. Higgins, big body, 6'4". I know he kind of scares Bills fans just because, you know, Clemson wide receivers haven't really done the Bills wonders. Um I wasn't too impressed with him at the Combine, to be quite honest. Um, I've never really been a huge T. Higgins fan. I think he comes up small in big games. You look at his stats over the course of last year um, against the bigger teams, the Alabamas, um, the LSUs of the world. You know, he's only getting three to four catches for 40 yards. Meanwhile, when they play the UNC football or Virginia, like, not very good teams is when he's putting up these eight catch, 200 yards, two touchdown performances. Like, I need you to show up when the moment matters. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is honestly the best fit for the Bills just because great route runner, six foot one, showed off his skill at the combine, great vertical, goes after the ball when it's up in the air. Um, I think. He's just as good as T. Higgins at pinpointing a ball while it's in the air and coming down with it. He had 17 touchdowns last year um, and over 1,000 receiving yards, one national championship. I think he's the player that's probably going to be there for the Bills. Um, they might have to move up maybe one spot ahead of Philadelphia. Um, we'll see. It'll all depend on how the draft's coming out. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, defensive end, um, A.J. Penessa. Uh, the defensive end from Iowa, um, Uter Gross Matos, the defensive end from Penn State, are the two defensive ends that um, the Bills have really been linked to. Um, I really like Gross Matos over Epinesa of Iowa. Um, I really do think the Bills should just go after Ngakwe um, and spend most of the offseason for offensive purposes. Um, but just knowing McDermott and being, being defensive-minded guys sometimes, wouldn't be surprised if they go defensive end. And one name to keep an eye on, 
Um, defensively is Trevon Diggs, a cornerback from Alabama. Um, just because I know Dable um, still has connections to Alabama. Reportedly, he's had a good connection with this kid. Um, and he fits McDermott's scheme very well, and Leslie Frazier's scheme too. So um, we'll see. Definitely some interesting times coming up for the Bills. Hopefully they can continue to build off last year's playoff uh, first-round loss to the Texans and make it even further this year. And then finally, talking about some UB hoops, um, just general update. They're currently the fifth seed for the tournament coming up. They're 19-11 overall, 10-7 in the MAC. Um, a biggest surprise for UB this year has been their home record. They're 10 and six, which a lot of UB media will tell you is just terrible for them. You know, they had went on the longest NCAA streak um, last year of wins in a row. I think they had almost 30 wins in a row at home. Um, so them for struggle at home the way they have this year um, is a bit surprising. I know getting a new coach, not having NATO's uh, programs, kind of taking a change. You know, still a good team, though, 19-11 overall. Like, nothing to shake your head about. Like, probably still going to be a 20-win team. Still definitely the best team in Buffalo um, as far as the colleges go. Um, Devontae Jordan and Javon Graves are definitely going to have to be the ones that carry this team if they want to make the tournament and get through um, the, the MAC tournament. I think Akron and Bowling Green are definitely the clear favorites for the tournament. But I definitely think that UB has a solid chance to make the semifinals or even the finals. Um, you know, when this team plays its best basketball and gets its three balls going, um, they're still one of the toughest teams to beat in the MAC conference. So um, I still think that good things are going to come for Jim Whitesell. Um, and I definitely don't think that this is going to be the last time that um, UB was going to appear in an NCAA tournament was their last year. I think they're going to appear in a lot more um, going forward. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Appreciate you all tuning in and always being supportive. Um, next week, I'm going to talk about the NBA play or MVP race. Excuse me. Um, which QBs I think are going to end up on different teams in the NFL. And then finally, I'm going to talk about um, World Series favorites for the upcoming MLB season now that um, spring training and stuff is starting. So thank you guys again, and I uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. And I hope you all tune in next week. Thanks, everyone.